Mr. Pop. Dark. When the little birds are nasty, and I listen to them too, there's too lonesome people in the whole wide world. That's me and the man in the moon. Hello, and welcome to Miskatonic University Radio, a podcast exploring fantasy flight games as Arkham Horror the Card Game. I'm Dane. I'm Dan. And I'm Ben. And today we're going to wrap up our discussion on the Investigator's Starter Decks once and for all. So this is actually going to serve as a continuation of our Investigators of Arkham series. So for everybody who loved that series, it's back! Today, we're going to talk about the Investigators of Arkham, the Starter Decks. They uh, they really did just dump a lot of new cards on us in a very short amount of time, didn't they? <laughs> yeah, Dan, Dan continues to be baffled by this. Like, blows his eye. He's like, man, it's just very surprising. Uh, it's also didn't wasn't there a thing where like uh, some of the shipments of these starter decks got like waterlogged or something, and there was like yeah. a short supply of them? That's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Yep. I mean, they'll they'll definitely reprint these. Uh, unlike supposedly another product that's coming out soon. Or I guess it's out <laughs> is out by the time we release this, but. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so exciting to get to talk about uh, these five new investigators. But actually, before we do that, a quick reminder, when we look at investigators the way we've been doing, we try to answer five questions for each of them. Uh, what is their greatest strength? What is their greatest flaw? What kind of role can they play in a group or on their own? Uh, what are some of their favorite cards? And uh, what movie would they star in? If, they, if there were a movie made kind of about this uh, investigators sort of whole deal what sort of movie would it be so with that in mind uh, let's talk about the first investigator the guardian nathaniel cho so nathaniel has uh three willpower two intellect five combat two agility uh his ability is a reaction that once per phase when he deals damage to an enemy by an event or fight ability on an event he gets to do an extra damage to them so that's pretty cool uh and he he has nine health and six sanity. He has pretty normal deck building stuff. He gets all guardian cards and that's it. No out of class stuff. Uh, and then his signature card is an asset called Randall Cho, who is basically an ally that when it enters play can either uh, find him a weapon asset or heal three damage. So that, and also, you know, soaks some stuff. So that's cool. His weakness is an enemy called Tommy Malloy, which is a hunter and, Basically, whenever you would deal damage to it, you reduce that damage to one, and he has three health, so you basically have to punch him three times. And uh, that's that's pretty much Nathaniel's whole situation. He's the big palooka. Yeah. <laughs> Tommy. They also use they used to use their oldest piece of art, uh, I think. <laughs> that is very that is very old looking. But I think I mean Nathaniel's really interesting just because he is I think more of a departure from kind of how guardians normally play than. Any other guardian except I think like Carolyn so far, right? Yeah, mostly. Yeah, because he he really leans into like using events to fight and deal damage rather than have uh, like weapons to compress his actions to do damage efficiently, which is definitely way different than how we usually play. Like normally, if you're playing a guardian, one of the first and most important decisions you make is what weapon are you going to put in your deck, and you have to make sure you have enough weapons that you can find one early. And then most of you're managing the gameplay around like using your weapons effectively. And Nathaniel is like different from that because 
he's instead sort of cycling through these events and using those in place of weapons. Right. Yeah. It gives a lot of identity to his weapons, like his kind of signature, so to speak, weapons, not actual signature, but his boxing gloves are like, rather than it being like, oh, let's get whatever the best guns or, or thematic guns are or swords or what have you. It's just literally a, a pair of boxing gloves that you put in, <laughs> that you can put in the deck and then fill it with events. And that's about it. He also has a great stat line in terms of like uh, offense with the five combat. So like a lot of not a lot of events at, at level zero like boost your fight because you're missing that with weapons. So yeah. having that baseline is really good. And I guess the boxing gloves um, also give a passive plus to all of his fights too, which helps. Yeah, I mean, kind of, kind of leaning into uh, you know what is his greatest strength. I think yeah, having five combat is excellent for a for a, a pure fighter, obviously. Um, so his stat line is really pretty good. Uh, he also like, unlike Mark and I think some of the other guardians, he has six, uh, sanity instead of five, which maybe doesn't, maybe isn't that big a difference, but it definitely, I think makes you feel maybe a little bit safer. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I think all these ones we talk about have higher health and sanity than the average. I think that's maybe because their deck building is less flexible. Yeah, that's probably true. And he is, uh, I mean, he has the potential to do a pretty high amount of damage in like a single attack. I think if he plays, he's going to play a lot of uh, events that can do maybe not in a single attack, but like if he kind of saves up all of his events, maybe he can like play, you know, one in enemy phase, one in investigator phase. Like maybe he can kind of do a lot of like burst damage sort of. Yeah. Yeah. Like what is it? Counterpunch. I think that comes in his deck. Yes. That lets him uh, react to an enemy attack so he can benefit for that per phase ability there's any fast events that can be played during any player window then you could slip them in during uh, mythos phase and it's uh, really it's really too bad he can't play uh like small favor and cards like that but i guess maybe that's uh too expensive for him anyway no no he's not a he's not a candidate for versatility (laughs) don't (laughs) yeah we have to we have to at some point just agree to not talk about versatile just because otherwise you can always talk about it right (laughs) that is true (laughs) but uh so so those are some of his strengths for flaws so i i haven't played nathaniel yet and i'm curious to see how this turns out i know you guys have said that he seems pretty good and i i think that that's probably true what worries me a little bit is just that like can you reliably have enough events that deal damage that you can kind of maintain enough damage output to keep pace with like a good, more traditional guardian? Because like if you play like a 32, that's kind of like having like six level zero monster slayers, right? I mean, like, like Nathaniel gets to, you know, once per turn when he plays an event, he gets to do like, or once per phase, he gets to do an extra damage. But like, are you drawing enough cards to like keep the events flowing all the time is what I'm kind of wondering. So, like, like the cards that came with him, a lot of them uh, feed card draw, especially his boxing gloves. And we'll talk about this in a little bit, but, like, if he combos the boxing gloves with a lot of spirit events, which a lot of the new cards are that are fight or that deal damage, uh, then he can just constantly be generating more cards to play. And they're all pretty cheap, so it's not like he's going to go broke. And it means he doesn't have to, like, invest in playing you know, weapon assets to refill his ability to to do damage efficiently. Yeah, I think the most important part of Nathaniel's kit, which is essentially 100% of his kit, is his boxing gloves. Right. I would be scared if he did not have those out, because I saw those trigger every single turn in a three-player game. And, you know, like in a two-player game, maybe not as much, but, you know, you you can kind of sub things in for him to help get clues and things like that. But for, like, him as the dedicated... Uh, enemy dealer 
he I think he definitely needs them to be out because he might just kind of run out of steam at a, at a certain point. His boxing gloves do so much work to get him at least even just the getting pulling one spirit that you can use that will deal an extra damage is enough. Like four damage in a turn is enough. In addition, like you've got things like counterpunch or, you know, like upgraded dynamite or whatever. If you can get those to, to pop off on other phases, it's just even more value. Not to mention you've got vicious blows. You've got other things that can deal plus damage. So I've seen him in two player and three player and he was with just using the starter deck cards and he was, he was pretty great at level zero. Yeah, I, I it's possible in like a four player just because he can only trigger his bonus damage so much that maybe he might struggle if he's if he's like primary fighter and doesn't have as much support from other people. But, you know, just one per, one one of the person that is assisting in fourth player with fighting would be enough and that'd be fine. Yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of what I was wondering, because it, it's very much like if you look at like Monster Slayer level zero as not not because it's like a great card, but just because it's an example of like a, a baseline event that Nathaniel's going to play that other people won't play. And it's kind of like the simplest like combat event, you know, like with Nathaniel, when you play that, you do like three damage, which is great. But then if you don't have an event to play or if you've already used up his ability, then you're basically you can do like a single punch and do like one damage, which is very weak. Right. But yeah, I mean, I I think that if you have a little bit of help from your teammates when things get really out of hand, and if you're able to draw a lot of cards with the boxing gloves, then I, I can see how maybe you'd be able to keep that up. I mean, I think maybe he's a little bit more vulnerable to like auto failing on an important punch. Cause then as you said, he might've used up his big attack for the, for the phase. So he might not be able to deal with the enemies as much. He also doesn't have, you know, his agilities are two uh, and his intellects are two. So he can't. Well, do... actually, I think that you, I mean, yeah, like you would have used up an, an event card, but you don't actually have to trigger his ability until you've actually, you know, oh, you've yeah. succeeded in adult damage. That is true. So I guess maybe, maybe not so much, but I, but for his agility int, like he's not very good at evading. If he goes into the jungle, he's going to have to punch all the snakes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, which is, which is bad. I mean, he could, he could handcuff them, some of them, but yeah. yeah and, and I would, uh, the, the only other thing I would say, and I think we're going to come back to this probably for most of these investigators, but being limited solely to a single class of cards is it's, it's maybe less of an issue for Nathaniel as some of the people we're about to talk about soon, but that's still, he misses out on things like, you know, shortcut, which like Roland or Mark can play. He misses out on, you know, like brute force, which like Tommy can play. Like there's definitely cards from other uh, classes that would benefit him a lot, but he's very limited to only guardian cards. Yeah. To go along with that point, you had mentioned, you kind of alluded to in a prior episode about, Nathaniel, that he's the only one of these five investigators that we're going to be talking about today who didn't have a pre-existing archetype to draw from. So like his fuel for his card pool right now, like in terms of like things that deal damage is largely his pack. So coming into this, it's like the reason why he's so great is because he has like like 100% of his cards fuel what he can do. Whereas other investigators like Harvey and, and Jackie, all of their abilities were already things that were being explored with those respective classes. Whereas Nathaniel's thing is, is not even really necessarily an archetype, more of just like his specific thing that he's doing. That's a good point, because with the other decks, it does feel like um, there's a couple like key cards that are missing for their archetype because they just like didn't have enough room to reprint them. But yeah. for him, it's like basically everything is in there in the starter yeah I mean, I mean in that way you might be the best one for pe- new people to purchase because he's like very self-contained right yeah like if you're i mean if you're playing in a large group you take out the clue cards probably and you put in more fight stuff but like yeah compared to the other four decks i think he's the one that is the most like ready to go and be very good right out of the gate I yeah think. exactly so 
I mean, we were, we were already kind of alluded to it earlier. Um, the, the role that he would play is the monster handler, the, the fighter, murdering things, <laughs> 100%. Yeah, like, I, I, I don't really, I don't think he is really going to do very well at being, like, more of a hybrid character because he's so limited to just blue cards and he only has two intellects. I think, uh, so for Solo, I mean, because I think they tried to make all these investigator decks at least roughly okay for solo they did put in probably enough you know clue cards that you could you could play him solo but i don't think that that's really where he would shine right yeah exactly he has enough to probably do okay in solo like just uh what is it the ally he comes with grit yeah that picks up clues when she kills stuff yeah you you definitely rely on that yeah she's like a great combo of beat cop and like alice sort of where it's like she gives you the fight bonus and when you kill stuff, you pick stuff up. Right. You pick up clues, right. which is pretty nice. Yeah. I I think, I don't know, I think he might have trouble paying for so many expensive allies, but maybe. I mean, it's like just, it's just Gret, and then most of his cards cost like zero or one. Yeah. Even his boxing gloves are kind of a, a hindrance because you can't even run like Flashlight, right? Because his boxing gloves take right. up both. Uh, I mean, unless, unless, of course, you run Vandalier, but you run <laughs> no. Vandalier so you can play two pairs of boxing gloves. <laughs> Upgraded Vandalier. Yeah. He should. They should definitely make a. Uh, they should make a car that's like a helmet that has a flashlight taped to it or something. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, so some of his favorite cards. We've already talked about a lot of them. In particular, a lot of the cards in his pack, even cards that no one else would really play, like Monster Hunter Level Zero or like uh, Clean Them Out, uh, are cards that you definitely should play in Nathaniel. Oh, yeah, they're all vicious blows at that point. Yeah, and also certainly normal things like Vicious Blow, like Stand Together if you're in a group, kind of like standard Guardian cards you would certainly play. Um, any Anything else that we should mention for favorite cards? Uh, um, Definitely Boxing Gloves, which we've already talked about, but that's kind of a no-brainer. I'm trying to think of stuff outside of his deck. He doesn't come with Dynamite Level Zero, uh, but that is actually <laughs> kind of expensive. So. It is. <laughs> it is a lot of money, though. He does have a good amount of fuel money. Like, there's definitely a couple of cards in his deck that are like kind of eh, that could be swapped yeah. out. Yeah, like, I'd probably want to get like fresh flesh ward could maybe go. That, yeah, that's exactly. Re- Re- yeah. Relentless is like we thought was really cool, but I think it's like too awkward to yeah, it's not really, really get really get money out of efficiently. Very fun idea, but not actually a great card. I kind of saw it being used to okay use with physical training because you can kind of stack things on relentless. Basically, you can aim to kill, like overkill something and save the money for later for physical training. I mean, we're playing through the circle undone, so obviously you need a lot of will there. So it, it, it turned out to pay itself out. But but yeah, I think it's kind of a little bit underwhelming in terms of like a payoff. And uh I mean, daring is always really good because yeah, oh yeah. you can use it to evade. If if you need, if you do need to evade something for some reason, you can do it with that. So fight and more fight. Yeah, and then uh, so for the movie that we thought he'd star in, there's obviously a whole genre of boxing movies. We tried to avoid the kind of extremely well-known ones like uh, Rocky and uh, Raging Bull. So we chose Somebody Up There Likes Me, which is a Paul Newman movie from the 50s, which is the movie that Rocky is like kind of a remake of, sort of, not quite, but a little bit, uh, about a real boxer whose name was Rocky. And, uh, you know, if you've seen Rocky, you basically know what the plot of this movie is. (laughs) But uh, it's about a guy who boxes stuff and, you know, works really hard uh, to be better and win fights and be a cool guy. So that's that's pretty neat. Exactly. You guys refused to pick 2002's Daredevil, which features a vigilante that trained as a boxer, or his dad was a boxer. That's fine. <laughs> you can pick good movies instead. I guess it's okay. Yeah, uh, so that's so that's it for uh, for Nathaniel Cho. It is. I think we forgot to mention that his, his uh, 
brother is like very weird and <laughs> not uh that is kind of a weird it's it feels like it's just really not worth the ally slot for that like if you I think you're just going to commit it to a will test maybe i feel like it's like uh i didn't draw my boxing gloves but i drew my brother so that's like yeah, that's literally yeah, what it is. Okay. it's a third copy of boxing gloves and it's kind of it's kind of fine <laughs> yeah. because it's not that you search your deck for it and then and then put it in your hand it's that you search and then play it yeah. So you can keep him for like a backup in the case that you, you know, get crypt chilled or something and it sucks a lot to not have your boxing gloves because you can pull them back from the discard pile. Yeah, that is but... cool. It's just unfortunate that like if you only if you only have one ally slot and you already have a beat cop out or something, it makes it awkward, but whatever. <laughs> it's also really sad. He can be used to emergency heal you or soak some sanity, but And then you yeah, throw him yeah. to the wolves. I know. His weakness is also kind of annoying because it's like you definitely need to take three actions to get rid of it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Right, and you can't, and uh, because it does two damage, you can't just kind of like leave him around for yeah, a while. And, and Nathaniel can't really evade it by himself, right? Um, yeah, unless unless he's wasted precious deck slots on evade cards instead of on fight cards. So, uh, Monster Slayer level five. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, it's yeah, something that automatically yeah. defeats it. Yeah, or hang. Like he doesn't want to play that in general anyway. All right, so why don't we move on to Zeker uh, Harvey Walters? His stat line is. Four will, five int, one combat, two agility. Seems like a great stat line for a seeker. Sure is. His ability it's is pretty good. <laughs> his ability is whenever uh, after investigator at your location draws one or more cards during the investigation phase, uh, that investigator draws one more card. So it's an ability he can use on himself or on a friend once per round. Uh, and he's got seven health and eight sanity, and that's a lot of health for a seeker. So pretty good. Uh, he's got a deck size of 30, and he's got just Seeker 5 to 0, and neutral cards 0 to 5, rather. Um, so no out-of-class stuff. And then he's got his signature card, uh, Vault of Knowledge, 3-cost asset. When it's put into play, it increases his hand size by 2, and then after he's, after Harvey successfully investigates, he can exhaust it to choose investigator's location to draw a card. And then his weakness is Thrice Damned Curiosity. I'll make sure to bleep that out, Dan. And revelation is every three cards in your hand take one damage we we only beep one word and it's not called thrice f***ed curiosity so <laughs> i think i think we're okay all right yeah so i've been playing harvey in uh return to the front age which maybe isn't the best choice <laughs> to try him out on he's got seven he's got seven health yeah, yeah true. so yeah, when yeah. he when i when i got to trauma very quickly uh it was like i was playing a regular seeker with five health um oh and everybody everybody's favorite scenario untamed wilds yeah so he is a very good card draw for strengths i mean he has five int first off so he's great at baseline seeking so even Four if you don't even if you just ignore yeah even if you just ignore his ability and just put like cards that help you get clues when you investigate and he'll do fine. I think the thing we really have to talk about for a strength for him, though, is his signature card, Vault of Knowledge. It increases your maximum hand size by two. Uh, that's, that's that's incredible. That is I mean, pretty good. I actually like the other it. half of the card a little better, Dan. Which oh, is wait, well, sorry, does it, does, it, does it do something else also? Let me, let me hang on. Let me read this for a minute. What is it? I'm sensing After sarcasm. you successfully investigate, exhaust, blah, 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 that investigator draws one card. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, I, I see where you're coming from. That that also <laughs> could be pretty solid, I guess, in the right situation. So, uh, my experience with Harvey is, uh, in one scenario, I managed to actually get Vault of Knowledge not as like the bottom card of my deck because uh, because uh, I'm <laughs> I play with him with just his cards, so I don't really have much search. So it's just just drawing aggressively. That scenario that I had it uh, was amazing. 
because I mean, it was like, oh, I, I don't need anything else to help me draw cards. I'll just investigate and get clues, and then yeah, I'll draw two yeah. cards because I'll trigger model knowledge at Harvey's ability. Oh, yeah. It was amazing. That's just some real good shit right there, that yeah. vault of knowledge. Like, that is some just toasty, <laughs> delicious. It's sc- extremely that good. Is... I, mean, I mean, while we're at it, greatest strengths, vault, vault of knowledge. <laughs> yep. yeah i mean yeah. obviously the high skill stat line having seven health is like more than any seeker could ever need or want but it's great it's fantastic i'll take it and on honestly if you're a seeker and you don't have five intellect just get the hell out like there's <laughs> we, we have enough of them now that have five in like hey, if, is amazing. that's that's just eh, it's just all right but like that that's just so huge and four will too is also just yeah really the four nice. will i think can't can't be understated because that's that's absolutely phenomenal so great, great stat line. Somehow, even though he's a very old man, more physically resilient than other seekers. I guess he does a lot of cardio or something. Well. And also, like having um, and vault of knowledge is incredible. Like those are all very good strengths, right? Yeah, he's a seeker, so he can play seeker cards. <laughs> I was about to say before we move on to weaknesses, I want to mention a non-weakness, which is that he's limited to only seeker cards. That's fine. <laughs> yeah. Nobody, like that's not that's not really a problem. He can, he can literally do everything in the game. Yeah, the yeah. cards are just so strong, so... I mean, he is, like, he's he's sort of limited, like, he's not... He probably doesn't play the same kind of, like, some of the same stuff that, like, the really good Mandy deck plays, where, like, you can bring in, uh, you know, like, the, some cards from other classes and stuff, but that's fine, you don't really need those. Yeah, as long as he has a couple cards in his deck, I mean, Vault of Knowledge alone doesn't help, because you might not draw it, but as long as he has a couple cards in his deck that help, can help him trigger his draw effect... Like every turn, uh, ideally passively without spending an action, yeah. then he's just chugging along, drawing cards constantly. You know, eventually, occasionally, he'll take like three damage from his weakness. That's fine. <laughs> that only happens like three well, times a game. So uh, yeah, so, so, <laughs> so let's let's move right over to greatest flaw. This is a real Achilles heel of a weakness if we've ever <laughs> seen sure. one. This is like this is like Min's weakness level bad. I would say potentially maybe even worse. Min's weakness doesn't let her play the game. This at least like th- this might kill you, like kind of like Jim's weakness, <laughs> but like. I am constantly in fear of drawing this weakness. This this is horrific. In Forgotten Age, it doesn't stop me from drawing like two or three cards every turn, but I am afraid <laughs> that it's gonna, I'm going to draw it and it'll kill me. This is just the really crazy part: is like you you're going even if you're not really going for big hand mode, which I I think is very reasonable. Like I don't think you should really try to do that. You're still just going to have like at least six cards in hand most of the time because you're drawing so many cards, right? So most of the time you're going to take like at least two damage from this. Because you're drawing so many cards, you're probably going to cycle your deck every few turns, as good secret decks usually do. So you're just going to draw this all the time. You're going to take a ton of damage. And this is the one area where being limited to secret cards kind of is a weakness, is he doesn't really have access to things that could maybe potentially help him, you know, not die from it, right? You're wrong, Dan. He has access to a lot of uh, allies that he can play and then murder immediately. <laughs> and throw them under the... As well, <laughs> un- un- unless he gets the special seeker flavor of charisma the you know yeah. Char- charisma baja blast only available yeah. at taco bell <laughs> which for some reason doesn't let you do that really right yeah no that i i think that card is not good for harvey because he can't use it to split oh, up his yeah. damage onto his if allies if you if you go if, if you go on an adventure with harvey uh you're 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 gonna get owned that's dan are you okay over there <laughs> what? dane what what's what's happening right now Well, <laughs> I'm sorry. Dean's, you had Dean's me a charisma bomb blast. This man, this man's button chops are out of control, man. 
<laughs> That's where the seven health comes from. I can imagine the the conversation that like MJ and Jeremy were having at the table being like, well, what's his weakness? Well, curiosity killed the cat, right? Okay, well, why doesn't it let's let's make it do damage because that would kill kill Harvey, right? Sure, but he can have five health. Okay, well, let's put it on seven health. How do we justify him having seven health massive mutton chops <laughs> well, it's, it's like a what was it like super ghouls and ghosts where like you get hit and your armor falls off and you're, you're wearing like just underpants sure, there you go. like he, he gets hit once and like one mutton chop falls <laughs> off and then the other then, then the mustache and then at the end he's down to one health he's oh, bald geez. but uh <laughs> no for, for real though here, here's the thing i am excited to play harvey at some point in the future because i'm very confident based on the way that things have gone so far that they will eventually print a seeker card that is basically just like deny existence except it draws you three cards or something like sure. i like th- they will they will eventually print some amazing seeker card which like perfectly protects from taking a lot of damage but until they do that i'm just really terrified to play him because i think you're just gonna straight up die to three stamp curiosity <laughs> like most of the time i mean it's very thematic yeah it's great. Uh, I, I when I'm playing, I'm not really playing the cards that boost his hand size, so I'm still only hanging out at like ten cards because once I have vault down. Uh, so when I draw, it's only like three damage, and I'm not using too many. Of, I'm not using like Mister Rook or anything that draws me uh, more than two cards a turn. So you know, I only 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 cycle my deck like two or three times, maybe maybe four times. Uh-oh. So so all you have to do is intentionally play like a less incredibly awesome version of his deck, and you cannot die. I mean, you can upgrade to um, what is the other strange solution? Uh, restorative concoction, which literally heals damage. I think. Yeah, but then you're not yes, upgrading to uh, Milteroni. Yeah, what are you doing? Yeah. Milteroni, but yeah, there are. I think there's a couple cards for. Uh, I mean, he could. I guess he could run medical text if he wanted. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But. I don't know. I, I've just been ignoring. Yeah, I've just been ignoring the and hoping it doesn't kill me. And it's been fine so far. Yeah, mostly. I'm sure. I'm sure yeah. it won't show come, come to bite me in the back. At any and time, I mean, so. I, he could, he could be good in like a duo with Mark with like all the cards Mark has that heal or something like sure. that. You know, yeah. like it could it could it could work out. But yeah, no, I, I really that's the only weakness I can see for him. Literally, is that his weakness might kill him if you're not if you're not careful and if you're not willing to kind of like step on the brakes a little bit which is something Manny doesn't have to do. Manny can just, yep. oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> I was going to say there was, a, there was a uh, mention of like, Ooh, well he can do what Manny does, but he, you know, Manny searches versus him hard drawing another card for you. And it's like not even close <laughs> still. He's, he's a fun and, and good investigator, but like, you know, compared to Mandy, I think you definitely need to be passively drawing cards. Like I'm fine. I tried playing some of the cards that came in his deck that like are an action to draw a couple cards. No, nope, it just, bad. it just, it just slowed me down too yep. much. Cause I need to be getting clues. Again, so, it's, it's like, it's like I said, when we were talking about the player cards, wait until all the good cards get banned and then we'll start playing this Yeah. until then. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely not. Yeah. And it does feel like he's missing like, um, from a starter deck, he's missing. What is it? Dream enhancing serum. Seems like he would need that to properly do the big hand. That that is yeah, that's really important. So before we talk about about favorite cards, let's really quickly mention roll a dedicated clue getter in a multiplayer group. I think <laughs> could could potentially murder things. I, I, I think he would be tough. It would be tough to play him in solo. They did give him a, enough cards that he could maybe manage to do it, but it's not really what he's built for. I think. Yeah, right. I agree with that. Yeah, the cards that came in his deck, he came with like four like four like four or five cards that can deal with enemies or something right, yeah so and because it because his deck is themed about having a most of his a large amount of his deck in his hand at once then he usually has a way to deal with an enemy if he needs to but yeah. he's definitely gonna be stronger in multiplayer where you can go full solo or full seeker for sure and investigate yeah. stuff 
So favorite cards, like Ben said, uh, actionless draw, always good. So even things like the the upgraded seeker version of the um, what's the accessory, the multi class uh, seeker or survivor accessory totem thing. Oh, grizzly totem. Yeah, like like that. That's good because like you commit a card, you get a free draw. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, obviously, Vault of Knowledge is great. I think honestly, no stone on turn level five just to get Vault of Knowledge out early. Like that, if you have three of those, it's like fair. having three Vault of Knowledge's. You know, I am liking uh in his deck. He has like the level one uh Glimpse the Unthinkable. I think is what it's called. Yes, mm. where it lets you you draw a card and then you can discard any number or shuffle any number of cards in your deck and then draw that many cards again. If he's running the, it works well with the big hand because it's like, oh, I have like eight, nine cards. I'm gonna shuffle these in and then uh, reset my hand and maybe get uh, uh, what's the yeah. mind card that comes with him? Cryptic, cryptic writings. Cryptic writings. Yeah. Yep. yeah, that is really solid. It's pretty solid for him because he's drawing during his turn. And it is like you can go for the kind of big hand type cards if you do want to do that. I don't think it's like necessarily the best way to play him, but he does have some support for that. So some of the dream enhancing serum, which Ben already mentioned, is really good for him. Are there any other big big hand specific cards that are not that we haven't talked about yet? Farsight might actually be a really big reason to play because we we're talking about like him having access to fast things that draw you cards. Farsight that, that's a already way to in, make his de- it fast. in his deck though. Oh yeah, yeah. I'm kind sure, of thinking sure. of like older. Yeah, I don't know if he's the best investigator to do big hand. He definitely can, but like Man- I think Mandy like can do big hand better. Uh, Dan probably would never do it as Mandy, but uh, <laughs> she probably can. Yeah, no, I, no, she she could. I mean. That that's like honestly kind of the weakness for Harvey is I think Mandy's just like the same thing but a little bit better. Yeah. I, honestly, like if you want to play Harvey as like a um a regular investigator who's who's just doing a lot of seeking and tell your friends when you're building your decks like hey I'm gonna be Harvey but I'm not really gonna be focusing on drawing a lot of cards so if you guys want to bring more stuff that helps draw cards and benefit from it then go for it. People might enjoy like playing playing with that in mind. That because like you never do that for Mandy because you just want a ton of cards and uh, like you very specific you cards. completely lost me when you said I'm going to be playing Harvey but I'm not going to try to draw all cards. <laughs> I I don't even understand. There that. is a point where I'm like sitting at ten cards and I already have everything important down and I don't really need to draw any more cards a turn. So I'm like I tell a person who's playing with me who's playing Stella I'm like yeah if you fail a test I'll I'll let you trigger draw an extra card off Robert's foot yeah. that's fine. What it happens the occasionally. Fuck are you talking about? <laughs> if you if you already have ten cards in hand, what you're supposed to do is draw more cards so that you can draw practice makes perfect, so that you can get a level oh. two perception to draw even more cards, so that you can find your practice makes perfect again, so that you can get another level two perception, so that you can draw even more Dan, cards. Dan's getting visibly angry. Uh, <laughs> I, I don't even understand what you're talking about here. This is like crazy madness. Yeah, but you know, practice make perfect. Uh, yeah, practice make perfect def- and level two perceptions and all, all the practice cards that definitely work very well with him for sure for fueling his card draw oh yeah absolutely and then yeah so for the movie that we thought he would star in we we thought about this a lot so his deal is that he is an old professor guy who's an expert on the occult right so he's read a lot of old spooky books uh which ben obviously recommends that nobody should do <laughs> yeah it's dangerous he knows a lot about spooky weird stuff like if you hold up some weird gross statue he's gonna say like oh that looks a little bit like this thing that i read about you know uh, so the closest we could think of for that was uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, the third Indiana Jones movie, which has Sean Connery playing Indiana Jones's dad, who is an old professor guy who is uh, an expert on the Holy Grail. So, you know, it kind of kind of kind of fits. Similar, right? Beard. Not exactly mutton yeah. chops, but we'll go with it. But similar kind of like interesting early 20th century old guy hair situation going on, I think. Not yeah, not exactly, exactly mutton chops, but. You know. I get the vibe from Harvey that maybe he's like 
uh, maybe a little bit arrogant just because he knows so much about his his field. So and I, I get you know we get that vibe from Sean Connery there too that he's like oh yeah I, I know way better than you Indy because I'm I'm old and I have knowledge and I've I've done all the research. So it's kind of kind of what I get from him. If we ever uh, if they ever actually print Monterey Jack, which I hope they do, then it'd be fun to do like a uh, Last Crusade. Uh, I don't know alt arts of those or something. Yeah, that'd be exciting. Uh, let's move on to the next guy or person. Yeah. So up next is the rogue from the Star Decks, uh, Winifred Habermock. Did I say her last name? The right? Aviatrix. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, she's Aviatrix. So her stat line is one will, three int, three combat, five agility. She's she's a criminal. Did I not read that in her backstory? Anyway, uh, her ability is if she commits two different non-weakness cards that she controls to a skill test, she draws a card. She's a criminal against the oldest law of all, gravity, because she flies above the Earth. So she breaks breaks gravity law, which is the, the biggest law. I think you're onto something here. That's why she's a criminal. What? Yeah, did she, like, steal the plane or something that she flew around in? I don't know. Initially? I don't know. Anyway, she has eight health and seven sanity. Again, very high. Like we see with everyone here, her deck building's 30 cards. She's got rogue cards, 0 to 5, and neutral cards, 0 to 5. And then her signature card is anything you can do better. <laughs> and it has six, it's a skill card with six wild icons on it. And she can only commit to her own tests. Yeah, so yeah, uses it to just pass a test, basically. Uh, and then her weakness is arrogance, uh, which is a skill weakness with one wild icon on it. You have to commit it to any eligible skill test that she performs, which is any test, I would think. And the will icon subtracts instead of adding. Uh, And if the skill test succeeds, she has to return it to her hand. So she basically has a permanent minus one in all her skills until she fails a test once she's drawn this. But until until that happens, it helps her to be like committing two cards to tests, right? It has to be non-weakness. Non-weakness, specifically. Oh, gotcha. Okay, that's too bad. But I don't know, like her whole thing is like every test she wants to commit two cards so that she can draw a card and also maybe pass by a lot and trigger pass by a lot effects. So arrogance doesn't seem like it's not that big a hindrance. So so like if we want to dive into her strengths, obviously she has high agility, so she can be great at at evading stuff uh, when needed. She has a classic rogue uh, one willpower. Uh, <laughs> we're we're, we're going to come back to that, I think, <laughs> in, the next, in the next section. But I, I think that the, the strength that stands out to me is that she has kind of an innate draw engine, which is yes. more powerful than I think anything that any other rogue has so far. So that's very interesting. Like she has sort of like, you know, Mandy and Mark and some of these other characters have just kind of like a, a way to draw cards just right on their investigator card, which is very strong. I don't know if hers is quite at that level. Maybe it is, but it, it it seems definitely pretty good, right? It's pretty good. I think she needs she needs to have cards down that help her draw a little bit more because I or she needs to be using skills that like return themselves to hand if she succeeds by enough or something. Just because so she can always be committing to and replacing. Because if she's not replacing those two every test, she'll eventually run out of cards. Yeah, but all it takes is like you know, cigarette case would helps. Right. Any any skill card that draws you a card, like the the corset skills, help. Cigarette case. Uh, what's the evade pickpocketing that gives, draws you a card? Right. Uh, there's a lot of cards that are like succeed by two, and you like get the card back, or you get to draw a card, or you get some other benefit. All in certainly. Oh yeah. So like, she's actually like the first rogue we've seen that like I think can do a good job of pulling off the succeed by whatever build. Well. 
I, I mean, my my take on that is the main point of doing the succeed by whatever stuff is cigarette case, which is an amazing card, which a lot of people can trigger reliably. And she can certainly do that, but so can like Tony or Finn or somebody. So it's sort of like, what is what is what additional benefit does she get from kind of committing harder to the succeed by more archetype? Just because she gets to refill her cards and re- and that helps her her draw engine. She can keep committing cards really because she wants to be able to do that. I think multiple times a turn, not just like once a turn to get to draw two cards off a of Sarah case. Because and... it is her ability, it's really important, is once per test, not once per phase, or once per turn. Yeah, yeah. exactly. She's kind of like, so when Jenny came out with with Dunwich, she had 3-3-3-3. Three, 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 three. So everybody thought that, like, you know, you could use the talents to, like, kind of boost with money and also, like, use skills to, like, very cheaply help you keep a hold of your money to use it for, like, key tests and things. Whereas, like, I think Winnie just does that better. Like, like Jenny just seems very vanilla to me now, and, and Winnie seems like more of an interesting pick because she can actually use, like, that card that, I think it came in the course set, Opportunist. That, that's, like, kind of, like, one of the core, core cards for her. Yeah. It's, it doesn't function exactly like, you know, committing a manual dexterity and drawing more, even more cards, but it effectively makes it so that you always have one card that you're going to be committing to a test, provided you don't fail or uh, succeed by too little opportunist you you have to succeed by like three for the level zero one right right and it's upgraded one two right so yeah. like like that's a card that comes in her deck that i like actually like because it's like oh i will succeed by a lot a good amount of time and i get this card back so it's this means i'm basically just replacing the other card that i committed and if she's using if she's using skill cards that like uh have some benefit and when you succeed on the test like you know, she could be like watch this to get money or other rogue nonsense most of the rogue skill cards are nonsense <laughs> um but <laughs> well so let's 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 talk about weaknesses so we already mentioned the one will thing which is is certainly a big deal uh, and we've seen that before for like finn and everybody and i think it like some of the other characters that we've seen that have that drawback maybe have potentially more ways to mitigate it than she does i mean she has basically big skill cards she can commit is like the main way that she can get around it right and a lot of them. yeah it's like she has a lot of cards she can commit so like because she wants to always be committing cards, maybe if it's an important will test, then maybe she hard commits on it. But if it's not an important will test, it's like, oh, I didn't waste any stats in will, so it's fine. <laughs> that, is, that, is, that is true. And but, but another weakness, though, so returning to the she can only play one class of cards thing, I think it's a little bit of a bummer that she's so focused on skills. And there are a lot of like pretty mediocre rogue skills. Like There certainly are some good ones, but it's really unfortunate that she can't play, for instance, like vicious blows deductions like it you know it's too bad she doesn't get like this obviously isn't the theme for this set of characters but it's too bad she doesn't get like five other level zero skill cards of any class or something like that you know yeah i think i think that's kind of her we're talking about weaknesses so yes definitely that rogue skill cards are a little bit slow to start there are some really good ones as you like upgrade like all in and things like that where you can get a crazy amount of cards from and um all in is incredible for her copycat there's some interesting ones that do interesting things but just generally there aren't like good rogue standbys other than maybe like watch this if you're wanting money or or she can always do three aces uh well but but i have a question about this two different non-weakness cards you control two copies of three Uh, aces does that count no, I guess not. So she'd have to cut those that's, three. And that's really one too bad. They, they, it should just say two non-weakness cards. It shouldn't say two different. Yeah. But whatever. Yeah. Because a lot of the a lot of skill cards have like max one committed per test anyway. So it's sort of. Uh, it's kind of funny because her her weakness in one will 
kind of leads to a boon in that she can get rid of arrogance pretty easily when she has uh, access to <laughs> liquid courage because that's a very easy skill to, that she can fail. Yeah, that, that is true. To just to get rid of arrogance. And I would briefly mention before we move on from the weaknesses question, I would not consider her weakness to be much of a flaw. It really doesn't seem that bad to me. Yeah. 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 I mean, it does say flaw on the card, though, Dan, so I think you're objectively oh, you wrong. Me, you, but... you got me there. <laughs> so what kind of role can she play uh, in a group or solo? I mean, I think in a group she would really be a hybrid character. I don't really see her being able to tack fully in either direction. Maybe a little bit more in, like, enemy handling, like in Forgotten Age. Maybe she could, like, evade a lot of stuff and maybe occasionally kill things. Yeah. She definitely has the high agility to be enemy handler. She has a three and int in combat, which is, eh, it's all right. Yeah. She's maybe looking for either like the bow or like a weapon with a, a, a combat weapon with a high enough boost that it kind of makes up for only having three. Yeah. Maybe. She could also do like lockpicks though. She could, yeah. Pilfer is a new card that came out for her. She's got access to all the, um, the services. Um, so she's, she's yeah. can be pretty flexible in terms of that. Yeah. I think there's enough rogue, a variety of rogue cards now where she could tech into either hybrid or she could go hard combat or hard she has a one card sharpshooter which helps her to to be specifically fighting i guess she would yeah she probably leans a little bit more towards monster handler just because of the high agility and the stuff that comes in her deck is like but i still think that just based on how the rogue card pool works she is probably going to be the strongest decks for her are going to be at least a little bit of a hybrid rather than trying to like go all the way yeah i agree there too and and probably probably pretty good in solo too right yeah oh yeah yeah, I I haven't I played her I only played her once in like two player just in like the gathering to try her out but I and I don't really play solo but she does seem like she has enough uh variety where she can blast through uh, especially I guess in solo like you don't need to get that many clues you don't need to kill that many monsters so she can really focus on those tests uh, which needs to yeah yeah i think that in terms of the investigator packs being like more most self contained we're talking about Nathaniel being most the most self-contained investigator bringing a lot of good cards that that synergize with them winnie is kind of the second one i think but she still struggles because she doesn't have that pool yet i think that that is considerable as a strength for her i was kind of disappointed in her starter deck mostly because like uh i wanted to play daredevil and then whenever i played it i remembered oh yeah she only has like four skill cards in her starter deck and it didn't hit any of them. It just, and it just discarded. It just discarded my whole deck, and I was sad. <laughs> um, um, well, so let's let's move on and talk about favorite cards. So yeah, th- there are a lot of cards in her pack that are good. Uh, obviously, opportunist is like the main, the the super winny card, which is a terrible card for anyone else, but you should definitely play in winning. Yeah, for sure. Um, what are what are some other? We also mentioned cigarette case, which is of course like incredible for her. Yeah, cigarette case is obviously incredible. It's the it's the best road card, I think. I feel like uh, what is it? Quick thinking is probably pretty good for her because she's probably sure. always over. She can commit to a test she's overcommitting anyway, and then get another action. I think the most important it. thing is is the uh, the versatility, right? Because like wild symbols go much much further for her. Like unexpected courage, obviously, is already a good card, but in Winnie, it's even better because she can commit it to so many different tests to to get it out of her hand and get more cards. Yeah, yeah, you can get rid of those easily and cycle them out for something for something else that you might need yeah. more. Yeah, any other any other green cards that are a really big deal for her? Yeah, we mentioned all in already. I think it's like a pretty good high level card for her. Uh, yeah. What is the one that when you um when you succeed, you can play it to succeed by even more? 
Daring Maneuvers? Yeah, I think Daring Maneuver might be the one. That's like, you would rarely ever play that in any deck. <laughs> but I think maybe for her to keep your lockpicks out, it's fine. I don't know if that's that good for her, because she's already committing multiple cards and stuff. Maybe as a backup for when she yeah. doesn't want to commit cards. I mean, we, we talked about that in the card review, and I, I was kind of down on it, and I thought you guys seemed to be more interested in it. I still don't think that's super great, but I don't know. Maybe you play maybe you play the upgraded one because it cycles itself. So. Yeah. She just she needs to have to draw cards so that she can draw more cards so she can right. <laughs> so she can so occasionally she can play to so play a card that helps her kill something or get a clue. Yeah, right. I mean, I guess before we move on to the movies question, one of her greatest strengths is that her weakness isn't that really that bad at all. <laughs> yeah, how, yeah, like we, yeah. Anyway. We, we we mentioned that it's really not that. But by the same token, I think her signature card is also not super great. I mean, it's it's cool. Like you you can use you'll use it to pass like a you know will test that no one thought you could pass like once per game, and it'll it'll feel cool. But it's not like gonna really make it the deck vastly better, or make like a think. huge shotgun blast or something. Yeah. Why doesn't it say anything you can do? I can do better. Like the actual wouldn't fit on the card. I I think it could, <laughs> but maybe, maybe I don't know. I don't know. I mean, they only look. They already used so much ink printing six question marks. They could, <laughs> you know, would have would have been too expensive. Uh, so for a movie for her, we we there's obviously a lot of movies about people who fly planes. We wanted to pick a movie that kind of got into the sort of uh, stunt person, daredevil kind of aspect of her character. So we picked a, a movie that even Ben has seen called The Rocketeer, which Ooh. is a really great uh, early 90s um, action movie based on a modern comic book that's sort of like trying to be like a retro comic about a superhero who is a stunt pilot that then becomes a becomes a superhero. And it's a really, really, really good movie. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty fun. Did it come out in the 80s? Is it? No. 9094 maybe? 93 yeah. something like that. 91, I don't know. Uh but it has has Jennifer Connelly and Timothy Dalton and a bunch of other awesome people in it. Really really solid movie. It's probably probably on Disney Plus I think cuz it's Disney, so probably it's, on, it's probably on some streaming service. Last thing I wanted to bring up with her is I was staring at her icon in her set for a long time. I couldn't figure out what it is. <laughs> Uh, I thought maybe it was the side profile of a plane, because that seems like a really weird, dumb thing that they would do. <laughs> but but Dane told me it's just a propeller, and that makes more sense. Uh, so if, if anyone couldn't figure out what this line is, I guess it's a propeller. It's kind of a weird choice. You think like maybe her goggles are kind of more of an idyllic thing, or like the cap, you know, might be more of a... Like a propeller is a line. Like, that's not a good symbol. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was a paintbrush for the longest time. What's funny is like propellers for this type of plane are they have two blades, but I feel like when when people imagine propellers, you imagine a propeller that has like three right. or more yeah. blades on it, right? And the, the the math behind that is interesting. I don't really understand it, but I remember like glancing at at it at one point. Sort of like you get very different sort of like aerodynamic stuff depending on how many blades are on the propeller. It's kind of cool. Speaking of math, uh, <laughs> yep, yeah. Let's let's move on. Let's move on to our our uh, mystic. Jacqueline Fine, the psychic. Uh, so she's a clairvoyant, uh, and her ability is when an investigator at your location would reveal any number of chaos tokens, reveal two additional tokens of the revealed tokens, choose and cancel two non-autofail tokens, or one autofail token, limit once per round. Elder Sinus Act is also kind of important. Uh, plus one, if this effect is canceled or ignored, draw one card. And uh, she has six health, nine sanity, and she's got pretty good stats. She's got five in will, um, three in intellect, and then two in combat and agility. Level zero to five mystic and level zero to five neutral. Her signature card is Arbiter of Fates. Uh, It is a three cost asset to put down. It has a will icon and agility icon. 
uh, for very little reason, and a <laughs> wild icon. It is a talent. When you use Jacqueline Fine's uh, triggered ability, Exhaust Arbiter of Fates, this use of her ability does not count towards limits. And then uh, <laughs> we'll get back to how weird that one is in a minute. Uh, Dark Future is her weakness. Uh, revelation, you put it into your uh, threat area, and then you cannot cancel or ignore Elder Sign, Skull, Cultist, Tablet, Elder Thing, or Autofail Tokens. And then at the end of your turn, you reveal five random tokens for the Chaos Bag. If an Elder Sign is revealed, you discard it. <laughs> it's really weird weakness, but it's really funny for her. It's very specifically annoying. So yeah, Jackie. I've played her recently, and I find her to be a lot of fun. I kind of figured she would be coming into it. I think that she was one that I was most interested in playing because I really like the idea of uh, fiddling with the chaos bag and, and the contents of it, even though that's like one of the like the laws that, that they said they set kind of from day one. They were like, you know, we're not going to be tampering with the chaos bag too much. That's like kind of like the holy thing. But now Jackie's got her hands on it, <laughs> and uh, it's super fun to play her. Yeah, so for strengths, she has the five willpower, which you basically need to look into for the mystic. Like, if you play without five, you really have to question yeah. uh, how you're playing mystic. Be- because you're so focused on one stat, having a five is a huge deal, right? And her other stats are okay, but her ability to manipulate the chaos bag is pretty crazy. It's just, it's like having an onboard grotesque statue that never runs out of charges and you can use once per turn, right? right. That's, that's yeah. pretty great. I mean, it's not it's not quite as strong as that, but it does roughly the same it's thing. It's kind of like you'll just never pull the auto fail on a very important test that you need to take. Yeah, it's a little tricky there. If like a test is super important, then you need to account for like, oh, what if I draw the auto fail and you know the minus five and the minus four right. or something? Yeah, but that's so statistically unlikely. Exactly, it's, it's far even, less significant yeah. yeah. than just drawing an uh, auto fail. It messes with the math a little bit, because maybe it's more likely you draw like a minus two and a minus three or something, and auto fail. So it might happen like once or twice a game, but most most of the time I think you just kind of ignore that. What's really nice is she has a higher chance of drawing Elder Signs. Yes. And just, just canceling them and drawing cards and still yes. passing the test. It's very good. <laughs> I, I kind of, it's, it's a very unique Elder Sign effect that I didn't really realize until I looked her over for the last time before I kind of put my deck together. I realize that you're going to be pulling the Elder Sign and canceling it, like, kind of a lot. <laughs> and it's going to feel great, because if you can pass something by zero, there's a lot in her kit that rewards you for not necessarily just drawing the Elder Sign, it's more drawing, like, very specific numbers that you're kind of um, precognitive about, so to speak. So you have ways around having to do that afterwards, but the Elder Sign is just kind of like, you know, the the, the cherry on top. It's like everything goes together really well, and then if you pull an Elder Sign, it's even better. Yeah, I mean, I I think that one. I I sometimes wonder, like, would what would the game be like if there were like if there's no plus one, but there were two elder signs, like in standard, or in in hard, maybe like there's no zero, but there's two elder signs. Because I think that might be just because you know each character has this unique elder sign ability, but you don't draw the elder sign that much. A lot of games you just like never really see that's it. That's true. Or a lot of characters just have an elder sign that's like plus two, nothing happens. Or they have, uh, you know, people like Zoe and Finn that have, like, in some cases, like, if you have a clue at your location or if you're fighting, then it does something cool. But it's like, you can't really rely on it. Jacqueline is, I think, is sort of like Rex, but potentially even cooler, where her Elder Sign is interesting, and it gives you a decision to make, and you're going to see it more often because you're going to use her ability. So that that is really cool. Yeah, yeah. So in terms of strengths, 
she's just really solid raw stats is always great on mystic five five and will again like ben said is great her ability is phenomenal uh arbiter of fates even lends itself even more to that that's like you just want it to happen <laughs> you want to happen even more well let's talk about her her two signature cards because arbiter of fate is weird strikes me weirdly as like a placeholder signature card like you get to use your ability twice instead of once like it's cool and that's that's good it's just funny that it's like it basically just says like yeah you get to use her ability twice per turn instead of once i mean that her ability is already really strong and being able to use it twice is incredible especially because you can use her ability on other people exactly so like there are turns where maybe you're you're only going to do one important test or maybe no, no tests but maybe you're fighter or seeker or whatever is going to do something important and you can use this on them which is great yeah i think that's that's like the line of text that they added to her and her stuff like her whole kit her whole pack that makes a huge difference because things like grotesque statue and like um dark prophecy and olive and things they're all like i guess what you might consider like selfish in that you can only do it for yourself whereas her ability and like scrying mirror and and a lot of these things you can do for anybody's tests, which is actually really nice and really helpful because sometimes, I mean, obviously as a mystic, everybody knows you're going to have turns where you're just like play spell, play spell, and then, you know, draw a card or get a money so you can play more, more spells or whatever, you know, like you need that setup. And even if your seeker just gets a use out of it or, or a few uses out of it early on, it's really nice. Just even a better benefit. Yeah. I think there is, there is a question whether you can, if you have both Arbiter Fates down and her ability hasn't been used yet, if you can trigger them both on the same test to draw five tokens. Wait, did, does she does she have two Arbiter Fates? No. No, he uh, meant both Arbiter did... Fates and her ability on her card. Oh, like she, oh gotcha. sorry. She has she she hasn't exhausted Arbiter Fates yet, so she Ooh, could. Yeah, yeah. Okay. The question is like, can she trigger it off of the same test? I think the Councils of Rules Nerds is unsure, so I think we <laughs> sent a question to M- somebody sent a question to MJ. But even without that, it's it's still really good. I also I want to mention Dark Future. I know Ben mentioned it was annoying. It really doesn't seem that bad to me. Like it seems like annoying. it turns off her very good ability, leaving her as a mystic with five it's will still, for yeah. like for for it's, like one turn, maybe more. Like it, it seems like it's just it's not going to last that long, right? It's you're going to find an elder sign. It's it's annoying because I drew. I've only done one. I just started uh, Dunwich with her, and we started with the casino, and I drew it during the time when we wanted to gamble. So I couldn't use her ability. I couldn't use her ability to gamble. That is really annoying. That's like literally yeah. the saddest, one of the saddest times to draw in the game. I was extremely sad. So. Because not- notably, like Dark Future, it's not that it turns off your ability. It's that it makes your ability usually not help you. Right. But you can use the ability on the Dark Future test at the end of your turn. Yeah, that's what I was doing. So you yeah. draw like seven tokens. Uh, but that's only like half the chaos bag. So I don't know, you can maybe you can maybe calculate the math quick. Yeah, uh, I mean, well, I but, mean, like you have roughly like a three and four shot to after the second turn by the second turn. Yeah, you exactly. It, yeah, right? like, most of it. Like I, so, I've never had it go more than two turns, but it's still kind of annoying because it shuts it shuts off what makes your your investigator fun. But but that just seems like you know Carolyn's ability also shuts off what makes her fun kind of. But Carolyn's ability, you have to spend like actions and resources to get rid of it. It's very annoying. This is like just wait a little; it'll go away on its own. You yeah, know? That is, yeah, that is that's that is that is true. Fair, yeah. Uh, so we talked a lot about her strengths. For weaknesses, I guess not having only having access to Mystic cards is a bit of a weakness because there are good cards outside it. It's not that bad. It's you know it's it's okay. Yeah, what it means is like she's very dependent on. The mystics in general are always like very dependent on drawing cards in order to be able to do stuff because she can't use a willpower without you know spell assets or spell events. 
so she might have a little bit more setup because because she doesn't have any other options outside of class to like help back her up a bit. Then she's just reliant on getting that setup done quick. Yeah, she she has kind of the the standard mystic drawback of like relying a lot on sort of like cards, but like sort of you have a very strong late game at the expense of like you have to find your right of seeking or your shriveling or whatever first. I would consider it a weakness that she kind of lures you into playing cards like Dark Prophecy, which you <laughs> shouldn't play. No, that is actually a very good point. Well, it's not actually, it's not actually, but thank you. Anyway. No, no, I, I no, I seriously think so. There are some cards that I feel like are you could just be oversaturated with cards like that. Like, and this is this is maybe less so for for people who play for like thematic purposes, and and more so for people who want to be like efficient and care about the chaos bag math and and how often you're going to be doing certain things because things like dark prophecy even olive mcbride i i put her in just because i was like well i'll draw more chaos tokens and it's kind of cool for some cards like voice of raw for example you can resolve four chaos tokens instead of three which is kind of neat not that you ever get all four but it, it's kind of cool it also helps with dark future but it's not really necessary. Like you're already like just with her ability and Arbiter of Fates and then maybe like a grotesque statue or scrying mirror and prescient, things like that are kind of like where you want to be. But there are so many good seeker cards. I'm sorry. So, so many good mystic cards that you want to put in your deck that you kind of just can't afford to put cards like that in your deck because you're looking for things. Yeah. You're looking for your spells to get down, to get you to be a functional investigator. Yeah, make make sure that you have a lot of cards in your deck that actually help you deal with enemies and get clues. You can only afford so many cards that only help you do random nonsense with the chaos back. Yeah, I'm, I agree with my one playthrough of her. I agree with Dane or agree with Dane that you don't really need the extra draw more tokens cards. You certainly could go lean into that uh, if you want to do like oh, I'm going to draw the whole chaos bag type nonsense. <laughs> she helps you with that, but I don't think you, you don't really need it. I think to just be able to draw the extra two tokens is like powerful enough yeah for sure so roles she can play in a group you know standard mystic hybrid uh depending what cards she puts in her deck she could go full fighter or full at this point yeah seeker at this point mystics can literally do anything they want they can be full seeker and do it as good as seekers do it they can be full fighter and do it kind of as good almost as good as guardians could do it i'd say i think mystic usually kind of struggles in solo just because they if they don't get the right cards to set up with they might get screwed by their encounter card uh, I don't know though. Yeah, in a group, I think she could do anything. Except because they yeah. like have an extra extra step before they can start doing things really well, which is that they need to get their spells out to start being relevant. Yeah, and like sometimes it's just hard to do that. <laughs> yeah, bad, bad opening hand can screw you there. And then favorite cards. So we said Nathaniel was sort of the one that was maybe the most different from the kind of like standard good cards for his class. I think Jacqueline is like the least. Like Jacqueline is just her her ability is great, but like like uh, Ben was saying, you don't really want to play into her ability that much in terms of picking cards. You just play the same good will based cards that you'd play in like Agnes or, or Akachi or somebody, and you use her ability to just get, have like a free grotesque statue available. So you play good spells like Shriveling, Rite of Seeking, uh, you know Azure Flame, Clairvoyance. You play Word of Protection. You play things that boost your will even higher. This is actually maybe one thing we should have mentioned as a weakness for her is that she does sort of encourage you to play cards that require you to do a lot of mental math, like Crystal <laughs> sure, Pendulum sure. and stuff like that. So uh, that can definitely bog down the game a little bit. But the cards cards like that that like sort of let you get something out of her ability without while also being a good card in their own right, like Crystal Pendulum also gives you a will, those are the types of cards that you want to shoot for with her, I think. 
Yeah, her the standard spell assets like the old set, the shriveling and right of seeking, and uh, Mister Relay. Those are even great for her too, because she because she manipulates the tokens. If it's important an important test, she can like, oh yeah, I'll draw three tokens and pick not the spooky symbol or whatever. Yeah. But the new set is also great for her because she'll draw three tokens and she already wants to cancel the elder sign. <laughs> so, so yeah, uh, I like the new I like the new set of Hunter a little bit better. I've been playing her with the um the the middle set, which is sixth sense and withering, because they very specifically lend themselves like they're spooky token is actually positive for if you draw it and she will statistically draw it more than any of the other investigators will so like for withering for example i love that just it's like a pet favorite of mine but like it's the level four one is actually the only kind of good one you need to you need it to be level four for it to be even remotely as good as as um shriveling and, and azure flame terrible but card. the fact that you can draw uh multiple spells to supplement it is actually kind of great and six sense is I think kind of a phenomenal card as well. But I mean, in terms of cards that that we're looking at here for her, Jackie is also kind of one of the great ones because she has her whole line of of uh, seeking cards. So she's got Clairvoyance, she's got Azure Flame, and she's got uh, Ineffable Truth, all and all upgrades of them. So in that vein, maybe Arcane Research. If if you're just picking up the Jackie pack and have the core set, something like Arcane Research to help supplement, like getting those cheaper, would be amazing. My favorite, my absolute favorite card of all time to include in Jackie, for, for math's sake, is the Black Cat. Is my favorite ally. I was like so hyped to put that in her deck because it changes all of the math on all of the symbols so drastically, and it's so great. <laughs> Did you play it for a theme because her deck already comes with a Black Cat, but it's like not very good? Yes. So, yeah. <laughs> oh no, yeah, yeah. So, well, I'm, I'm playing like mostly like Ritual Candles. I love, I love that aspect of it. And um, like Recall the Future, all the stuff that rewards you for knowing the chaos bag and and picking specific things in the chaos bag so it's very fun dan's contorting his face a lot because he's very skeptical Dan, I, <laughs> I i can let those cards slide do not tell people to play wither please that card is awful <laughs> no i said it was my pet favorite i enjoy that card okay yeah uh, i thought your pet favorite was crystal pendulum it changes a lot every <laughs> week or whatever oh do do not play crystalline elder sign or uh, no. i mean don't play it anyway but well i mean it, you can play it and seal the plus one if you're like on standard or something but uh, don't don't play it on like hard or whatever if there's no plus one do not seal yeah, the elder sign yeah you want that you want that for <laughs> yeah, card draw yeah. <laughs> it's one of the best ways to lose <laughs> well no it, it hurts yourself because you go get to get the free card draw the dark future <laughs> will last forever if you if you seal the elder sign. oh that is <laughs> terrible thanks mateo so for for a movie for her we picked a movie that actually none of us has seen, but it seemed like a good fit. There's a movie called The Clairvoyant from the 30s, uh, and it stars Claude Rains and Faye Ray. And uh, it's kind of like a thriller about a person who thinks that they can sort of see the future, and they sort of think that they can foresee disasters, and they, they try to prevent them by warning people, and some interesting stuff happens. It seems really interesting. I kind of want to give it a try, um, but it seemed to be a good fit for Jacqueline's backstory, and also because it's like a 30s movie, it's sort of almost contempor- uh, contemporaneous or whatever with uh, with the game itself, so we thought that was kind of cool. I have nothing further to say on that. I haven't seen it. <laughs> so that's our, that's our pick for uh, Jacqueline Fine. Should we move on to The Last Investigator? Stella Clark, the letter carrier. So Stella is chosen. She's civic. And that's the first time that ever happened. She has an ability. uh, So triggered ability. After you fail a skill test, you may take an additional action during your turn this round. Limit once per round. And then elder sign uh, plus one. You may instead choose to automatically fail the skill test to add 
to heal one damage and one horror. She's got a huge eight health, eight sanity. She's got kind of a relatively, I guess, weak power, uh, stat line, which is three uh, will, two intellect, three combat, and four agility. Deck building options, survivor cards, level zero to five, neutral cards, level zero to five. Her signature card is neither rain nor snow, which gives, it's just a skill card that gives three wild icons. It is innate and developed. If this skill text fails, cancel all effects of the failed test. And there are actually three copies of this in her deck. Her weakness is called by the mists. It is a curse uh, revelation put called by the mists into play in your threat area. Forced after you initiate a skill test with a difficulty of four or higher, take one damage. And then double action, discard, called by the mists. Stella was the investigator that I I was the most excited about uh, playing. (laughs) Right out of the box. I I haven't actually played her yet, but I've seen her played. My partner was playing her through the Return to Forgotten Age. And what better scenario to fail through than (laughs) Return to the Forgotten Age? Yeah, I also have not played her yet, but... The girlfriend's playing her through Return of the Frown Age, and in the Dunwich, uh, yeah. someone else is playing her as well. So I've seen her play a couple times. She seems pretty fun and like pretty solid. I think, uh, I mean, to, to play Devil's Advocate a little bit, like I, I haven't played her yet, so I, I don't really know. And I agree that she does seem very fun. I think her ability is really neat. The the reason we'll get into this when we talk about like strengths and weaknesses, but there is one investigator I can think of that I think Stella is most similar to who is not a good investigator. Can you guys think of who I might be thinking of? Is it is it Calvin? It's not Calvin. It's another survivor who can only use survivor cards, basically, and has agility as their highest stat. <laughs> is oh, it Rita? Rita? <laughs> She's she. I think she's better than Rita, but like, if that's her closest point of comparison, that should be enough to make you go like, eh, I, right? I think, she's, I think she's a lot better than Rita. I think she's, yeah... Like, leaps and bounds better than Rita. She can lean into the fail package without it slowing her down at all, because she gets an action back. Yes. Yeah, well, okay, so let's let's get right into, like, strengths, strengths and weaknesses. So for a strength, I mean, yeah, like, she potentially has, like, a fourth action each turn to do, like, drawing thin nonsense, right? Yeah, right. but she also can sometimes trigger it during Mythos phase, so she just has four regular actions during her turn. Right. Which is great. Yeah, that is that is true. And a lot of the cards that came with her help fuel the fail package even more, like the uh, the keys and the, the I, forget, I forget what the name of the gun is that comes with her. But old key ring and and baby gun and for babies. Like Gr- Granny Orin helps her trigger like if you fail by two or less stuff. Like look what I found. So like she can Granny Orin I wasn't considering as much, but uh, but the the gun and the keys like she can use those fail the test and then trigger all of her nonsense get basically everything she used back and so it's just just a net gain and and then actually kill the enemy so are are there any are are there any other strengths like i mean she basically has a fourth action and she she, like she has a fourth action and she has a lot of reasons to play fail package cards is what i'm getting out of this right and 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 eight eight and eight is great for strength and for for health and sanity like that's really good right yeah yeah her signature is also very really, good. Really it's, good. I, I I almost compare it to Ward. It's not quite there because it can't cancel like ancient evils, but it basically can cancel any any test any test that has a a negative effect. I I am really shocked that she gets three copies of that. That seems kind of right? nuts. 
three copies of a card <laughs> that is basically just like a better courage that also has a really strong secondary ability. Like, it's really, really good. Here, here's my question before we go any further. So cancel all effects of the failed test, but that doesn't include things that you're going to trigger off of failing, like fail package stuff, right? That's just like the actual effects. It's specifically stuff that triggers in uh, step seven of a skill test, which is like things that are like if the skill test fails or results of, this, of failed skill yeah. test, like retaliates alerts haunted. haunted that is that is really huge because like the kryptonite of like the fail decks is cards like chaos manifest from clutches of chaos or like uh i forget the name but there's the card from return to threads of fate that's like for each point you fail by add a doom to something like cards like that where like failing is really bad and amount you fail by matters but with if she has a ne- neither rain or snow in hand she can just draw and thin that shit and just like not even care oh yeah right yeah, exactly. like that's that that is really really solid like this is neither rain nor snow is really good i i saw this used very effectively in threads of fate against that card that gets worse uh as oh, yeah. the more acts the more acts you complete uh stella drew it like three times after we had completed <laughs> two or three acts and i was like oh it's fine i don't take three damage in three yeah. it's fine. <laughs> the card the card that killed my friend's obal preston deck uh <laughs> yeah oh no no but for real though like so uh, the other great strength, like, neither Rain nor Snow is fantastic. Her ability is pretty fantastic because failing is kind of, like, an integral part of the game. Her her suite of, of things that she got in her pack, very much like Nathaniel Cho, is exceptional. Um, her old key ring, her, her um, the gun that she gets, the, I think it's 30, it's not 32, 31 maybe, that she gets where if you miss, it retains its its value. It lends itself so greatly to live and learn, and all of those cards like like uh, look what I found, dumb luck, and not oops. All of the <laughs> cards that that are like actually, it turns into her getting another action and actually being able to have done that. So like for example, if she's investigating with with old keyring, fails, retains the keyring value, also gets the um, look what I found bonus. And if she has live and learn, she can even do it again. So there, she just has so much value built into her. We're, I think we're usually pretty down on live and learn. I like it a lot in her. Very specifically. Similar to Opportunist and Winnie, I think that live and learn is definitely like Stella. So let me, I mean, the difference is Opportunist, you can keep committing and committing and committing and get stuff off of it continuously. Live and learn is still like one time and helps you do something. But but uh, okay, so so let's segue into, into like weaknesses here because, I mean, I, I hear the word value. Like, yeah, you're getting a lot of value off of things like Drawing Thin. That's cool. And like, yeah, she is the best investigator to play things like Look What I Found and Oops and whatever, like, like those cards. Most of which are, I mean, Look What I Found is good. The other ones are kind of like, yeah, okay. But like, what happens when she uses up? What happens when she doesn't have one of those, right? Like she still has a finite number of those in her deck. If she isn't playing those cards, she has, she has two intellect and she has three combat. That's not exactly amazing, right? Like, like, like baseline, I think she's great at doing fail package stuff and getting money and cards, which is cool. But like, how is she actually advancing the game state? How is she actually dealing with enemies and getting clues? Yeah, it's, it's true that like, she's a little bit more limited like even old keyring only has two charges. Uh, if you get if you get live and learns off it, like maybe you get four uses out of it or whatever. So she is a little bit dependent on having cards. So she needs to have the draw engine from drawing thin or rabbit's foot or other fail package stuff. And you can do like Dane's going to say, oh, well you can play scavenging and you can keep getting the keyring back. It's like sure you can, but now you're playing like sca- all these cards in your deck, scavenging an old keyring just to be able to investigate about as well as like a regular investigator could do. Was, you know? was Dane going to say that? 
I mean, I like scavenging, but I think it lends itself best to Wendy. Hmm. Yeah. So like, like you're, Dan's right, where she she can't pass tests without some type of support, and like a lot of her deck is probably gonna be dedicated to failing tests and getting benefits from that. And I guess she, she doesn't actually want to fail multiple tests a turn. Probably she probably wants to fail exactly once a turn, and then exactly use the benefits uh, of that failure to to push her to succeeding at the other tests. Which some some of her cards do. Like she has that one card that like after you fail a test, uh, you like boost all your stats for, for yeah, a round or something. Teeth. Which which yeah. we said was not a great card when we talked about it. I it wasn't too impressed by it. It might be okay in her. I wouldn't use it anywhere else. Yeah, I I mean th- this is all I'm really getting. I was like, uh, when you're a hybrid, the reason that I think mystics make really good hybrids is you everything is on will. So you just you crank up your will. You play a lot of cards that can either get clues or deal with enemies using your will, and then you're good at both of those things. With Stella, you can't actually like. You know, your 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 intellect and your combat are both low enough that you're just baseline pretty bad at stuff. You really you very badly rely on cards like look what I found, or oops or something to be able to do anything. So it's like if you don't have enough of those cards, what what are you doing? You're basically just like spending actions to like fail tests and get money and stuff. I think much like Nathaniel Cho needs boxing gloves out in order to continue kind of his engine. I, every time I see her with with rabbit's foot out, I'm like, wow, that is that is a disgusting amount of actions and cards that you have because it just happens. Yeah, it it like rabbit's foot and obviously getting uh drawing thin there as fast as possible make her like chug in a really really good way and i think that her her weapons and and like old keyring and things push her over the edge so let's let's go out of order a little bit then on our questions and let's talk about her favorite cards yeah i think drawing thin and rabbit's foot are right there at the top in particular, upgraded rabbit's foot because she, you know, you can use drawing thin, you can fail by like six or something, and then you can search cards is pretty cool. Yeah. So, so those are those are definitely huge for her. And I do the, honestly, the main thing that appeals to me about playing her is I think that the uh, that quick learner permanent card seems just really interesting to try to build around that. That seems really cool. I'm not even sure that it's like it's going to be bad sometimes, but it's just an interesting way to make the deck work very differently. Yeah, it leans into, like, you have to fail your first test, which, when we talked about it, Dan was like, oh, what if you really need to succeed at that first test? Uh, which, which, a lot of times you do. Which can happen, definitely. Like, you definitely maybe need all four of your actions to pass, or all three of your actions to pass, or whatever, in order to not be very sad. Um, but, yeah, like, the fail package works great for her. Like, uh, I don't know, we can just list off all the fail package cards. I don't know how interesting that is. Her deck comes with upgrades of, like, look what I found to make the fail packaging work better. Yeah. But stuff like Lucky is still good because she does still, you know, need to pass tests oh, yeah. occasionally. Yeah, Lucky so, is Lucky is still very solid. So maybe she wants a mix of like uh, failed cards, but then she also needs some cards to help her pass tests when she needs to. She has neither rain or snow and an emergency. Yeah, and that is that is really good. Yeah, yeah, we should have mentioned we we mentioned that as a strength. I also going back to weaknesses really quickly. I really do think that being limited to only survivor cards is like more of a drawback than like any of these other previous characters that we've talked about. I think that is a big problem resourceful i think is actually good in her because it can get her skill card her yes. signature cards back <laughs> that is a very big boon you want you want more more neither rain or snows like how many of how many of them do you need more than three why not uh, yeah. I, mean, I, I guess it's, yeah it's it's nearly as powerful as ward i think and that helps you cancel uh, oh, yeah. a really bad treachery. not even just treacheries though like if if there's a, a card that says test will three if you fail you're poisoned and you just commit a neither rain or snow you suddenly don't care about that anymore 
see, this is like, you guys keep like kind of almost making me think like you're doing, you're reasonable and like, okay, we're kind of on the same page about this. Like, okay, she has these drawbacks, but she is also good in these other ways. And then you, you start drinking the Kool-Aid and saying like, neither rain or snow is like almost as good as a ward. It's not. It you is. Can't, you can't neither rain or snow in ancient evils, right? That's like the main point of ward in a, in a four player game. It is. It is. It is basically ward, <laughs> but for tests. <laughs> There are a lot there are a lot of encounter cards that do not have a test on them. And a lot of times those are the ones you want to ward. But that's what you use test of will on. Like a, a locked door, a locked door that's about to like completely like ruin your day and make, you know, lose you a bunch of time. Uh, what's the the one that gets out of cultists or something or adds doom to cultists? There's a lot of cards that don't have tests on them. But know? then you just play test of will. Okay, but then but then like that's your ward. This is not your ward, you know. Well, you've got five wards now. Okay, that's five cards in your deck. That's five cards in your deck that don't help you get clues or deal with enemies, right? Like, I I, I don't know. All I'm saying is like, I I want to try playing Stella. She seems she seems cool. I think that a lot of people are drinking the Kool Aid. Is my take on this? <laughs> and I, for one, am drinking Baja Blast, which has caffeine in it. So I'm, I'm just I'm moving. My brain is moving faster than everybody else. You know. Yeah, I agree that she is more dependent on cards than maybe. Uh, like someone like York or Silas is, where they can just be good at fighting out of the box with like one or two cards. So that that can be a struggle for her. Um, but if she can get her cards down and get a draw engine going, like with Rabbit's Foot, or uses cards that recur themselves, or can fish stuff out of the garbage or whatever, then I think she can run pretty smoothly. Maybe. Uh, for roll. I mean, I, I would say, like, hybrid, right? Like, she's yeah. probably not attacking completely in either dire- direction. I mean, you could... See, it's really a bummer that she has... I would almost rather have her have, like, three intellect and two combat, because I think that you could do a pretty good, like, investigator with a little bit of evading build with her if her intellect wasn't so bad. Do any survivors have three intellect? Uh, Wendy does. Is it just Wendy? Yeah. I feel like, I think they all See, have like fairly low intellect. I, uh, I really do wish that, yeah, if you could just swap those, I feel like that honestly would go kind of a long way. Because if she had three, you're in range where you play like Guiding Spirit or Granny Orin, you can kind of get it up high enough. You can just, you could make like a pretty solid clues build with her maybe. Yeah, I think it's okay. She can use Keyring with, combined with Look What I Found to like hit Trowford locations for two clues. If it was higher, it would make it maybe a little bit harder. To, that or eh, I guess it's fine. I don't know. Yeah, her statline's not great. Uh, I think for hybrid is probably the way to go. There's not quite enough support, I think, in Survivor to go like full fighter or full cluer. That's exactly what I was going to say. I think the reason why she can't do one or the other is because of the fact that she she can only draw from the Survivor pool. And the Survivor pool does not have enough support to do one or the other very effectively. Her deck definitely came with more options that help help it a lot, but I'm not sure we're quite there. Yeah, I would especially I would agree. especially because a portion of her deck is also going to be committed to fail by cards. I think. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah. so Dane, what movie did we pick for Stella? So we went kind of back and forth between themes. Uh, we first thought, like, what is a movie with a post person, <laughs> and like, could could that be a reasonable thing? And we basically couldn't find any. Well, we 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 considered Kevin Costner's uh, smash '90s hit, uh, The Postman, but <laughs> I was I was outvoted on that one. So we ended up going with something that that is more about uh, like failing and like succeeding through failing, which is admittedly a lot of movies. But the one that we eventually came up with is The Pursuit of Happiness, which is a lovely film. I think it was like early 2000s, 2006 or something, where 
uh, Will Smith plays a struggling single father who is under duress from his job and like trying to sell something that's very out of date and 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 um he's trying to bring his son like a good upbringing and everything really just about just them struggling and trying hard to make it through life effectively and uh it's it's a really heartwarming film at the end but it is very very sad but it is it is a it's a good movie i enjoyed i enjoyed watching it and it, it has a lot of the themes that I think Stella explores in her gameplay, which is that she succeeds through failing in, in a very uh, good way. So if you haven't seen it, you should check it out. Pursuit of Happiness. I think that there are multiple Pursuit of Happinesses. This is the one that's spelled wrong. <laughs> so this is the one that is H-A-P-P-Y-N-E-S-S. <laughs> the, the, fail, the failure theme extends even to the title. And I, I admire that. Kind oh, that's of so meta. Yeah, it's really good. Some Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so anyways, uh, that's with all that said, that is all of the investigators from the new starter sets. So listeners, how do you feel about these new starter decks? Uh, are there any, any interesting combos that we might have missed? Uh, which one do you feel best plays out of the box? I know we kind of went back and forth on this and like Nathaniel Cho, maybe Stella does. Which one do you feel is the most fun? Are there any movies that you feel might be more appropriate for any of these investigators? Send us your thoughts on Facebook, Reddit, wherever you listen to podcasts, or email us at comments at mur.fm. If you'd like to support the cast, you can donate to our Patreon. Thanks for listening, everybody. Stay well, and we'll catch you next time. Bye. Bye. Charisma, Baja Blast. Get it now at your local so, retailer. <laughs> Only so, at Taco Bell.